We are recording. Welcome to the family with uh, Tim Slegel, Sarah Schaefer, Grand Simon, JB. It worked. Andy Brabernard. <laughs> and Cassie Schrader. Apparently, you can do a lot of talking on the floor. We'll be right back, kick things off with the family. Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Join me, Tom Bernard, and Doug Sprinthal as we talk cars, how to buy them, how to lease them, how to make the most of your money, and much more. What's it going to take to earn your business right now? Tune in every Thursday from 2 to 3 Central or download it on the Tom Bernard Podcast page. I don't know. I think I'm going to have to think about it. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. We are back, kicking things off. Crash and burn eight. Yes, it is uh, eight years. I cannot believe that we've been doing this for eight years now. This is, uh, uh, you know, I go to these open mics and I think we've been doing Crash and Burn longer than a lot of these comics have been alive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's kind of true. <laughs> I suppose it could feel like that after a while, oh, but you know, it's, it uh, sure does. But it's good. Everything's good. Uh, yeah, yeah, doing well. Uh, still, uh, still staying on the horse that never wanted to be on it in the first place. No. <laughs> so you have on this show. Oh, uh, 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 Sarah Schaefer, who is here Hi. with us today. Here. Yeah. Michael Palasak. Oh, that's right. Michael was on the show yesterday. Yeah, and uh, uh, Chad Daniels. We just call him Lazy Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so we call Chad. No yeah, kid. yeah. You've given me crap about my headphones. Chad can't even show up. <laughs> <laughs> 
I do love it though when Chad comes in because he goes after my daughter. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> what are you up to? What are you doing? That's just hilarious. Uh, They've been ripping each other now for about fifteen years, maybe longer than that. Well, last time he was in, Alex wasn't, so I was this punchy. Oh, bag. so you were the yeah. punchy bag. <laughs> yeah, see. he speaks fluent young girl. So. <laughs> <laughs> Chad Daniel. I do love that Lewis Lee story. That is a great story. Chad Daniel, you know Headliner. <laughs> you know that story? No, oh, yeah. Know. He actually said that to me. But he was just kidding, thank God. But oh, he, yeah. He was, you know, Lewis. How's Lewis? I haven't seen Lewis in a while. We used to be in that building. Uh, he, he, he's, do, he's doing well. It's, uh, uh, he's, uh, uh, he, he was actually talking to, you know, that it's countdown to 30. 30 years that 30 Acme is going to have been there. Yeah, 30. Same location. Same location, yeah. I was telling, uh, I was telling the other comics how, how uh, uh, that entire area was vacant. And, mm-hmm. and, it was, uh, yeah. And all of a sudden I realized, oh, my gosh, I sound like my grandparents saying, you know, the, the, <laughs> there was no mall there. The <laughs> Miski Park was there. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, my that was favorite. all where the snow went when the... Yeah. Uh, before you, before you got the melters. And then Star Tribune moved over there, built that building. And yeah, that place was a dump like 40 years ago. Yeah. It was terrible. Of, it, it wasn't that good 30 years ago. No, there was, it was years ago. <laughs> there were a lot of what they used to call tippling houses back then. Uh-huh. In other words, horror houses. That's yeah. what, you know, they were, they were I don't know what tippling even means. I have no idea what that even means. <laughs> I was thinking it meant something different. We went to went to Cuba for Christmas. My mom took my mom. My, I was just in Cuba in February. Really? I loved it. My uh, my my mom took uh, like the whole family there to Cuba, and uh, uh, she she wanted to, she wanted a trip for the whole family. She goes, "Where do you think I should go?" I go, "Well, you know, a lot of your grandchildren voted for Bernie Sanders, so maybe we should go to Cuba to let them know what they're voting for." <laughs> oh, that, Tim hasn't changed. Tim hasn't changed at all, Sarah. I'm go. getting that sense. You're getting that sense. Where are you from, Sarah? I'm originally from Virginia. And then I started comedy in New York. I was there for a long time, and now I live in L.A. A long time. The, yeah, 13 years. I've been doing comedy about, no. Oh, my God, I've been doing comedy almost 17 years. I thought, you were, I thought you were about, like, 27. <laughs> no, so. I'm, I'm about 41. Are you really? Mm-hmm. You look very young. Thank you. I work so hard to maintain. <laughs> no, I actually don't. <laughs> if someone was like, what's your secret? I'd be like, uh, I'm like a filthy human being i don't touch my face like i don't do anything i don't care i don't care about vanity that's what that's i mean I'm, yeah i mean i'm still a woman though and i'm you know constantly worried about my appearance but um yeah which is great because i noticed there's a camera here you know, uh, yeah, i always forget like oh right and then this day and age and in, in podcasting and radio they're also going to video you so yeah. you show yeah. up with no makeup on you're fine you Don't thought worry. that's what it was going to be no i'm just kidding <laughs> no I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding it, it is the standard now <laughs> so you said 41 yeah because cassie you're old i'm gonna be 38 yeah, see, neither one of you look anywhere near that old. It's not fair. Yeah. One day I'm going to wake up and look. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be overnight. Like there are there are moments, especially with lighting, where I'm like, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> things are changing. That yeah. happened to me a long time ago. I yeah, I still I still say ooh in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. God, unbelievable. Uh, Sarah, have you ever worked? Uh, Acme before? I haven't. This is my first time. It's, it's so awesome. Club, it? Yeah, I love it. It's oh. just great. 
So we've, been having, we've been having fantastic shows too. Oh yeah, it's, uh, yeah that's what it's I've heard. A, the, yeah, the Crash and Burn brand Except definitely for has caught Chad, on. He's not that great. He's not here, so we'll just. Oh no, blast I was talking him. about the audience. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm talking about the audience. Now, my favorite Lewis Lee story is, and Brandon knows this one, I think, but because uh, they were think they were thinking about moving the club, right? They, they wanted him to leave the building or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. So he calls me. He goes, Tom. I have a great idea. Are you going to be around today? And I say, yeah, I'll see you later on today. So we get together, and he comes walking in. He sits down, and he goes, I have a really, really good idea how to solve this whole problem. I said, okay, that sounds terrific. So uh, what do you want to do? He goes, well, you should buy the building. I'm like, what? <laughs> he goes, that'll solve everything if you just buy the building. I'm like, that's your solution <laughs> is I get to buy the building. Okay, well... Uh, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't even, how much would that building cost? The building's going to cost a fortune, I would think. Uh, like it's going to cost a lot less if Acme leaves, though. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That's true. <laughs> Acme, you're never going to leave there, are you? I don't know. Uh, one of the condos is three quarters of a million dollars. I was just looking at oh the one condo there. Wow. So. It went up to three quarters of a million? Yeah. Man, I did love that studio over there. Yeah, yeah that was great. It went great. up to like seven nice. grand a month. And I'm like, eh. mm-hmm. you put you put so much into that though. I know. It, it, yeah. it should have been free for you. I mean, yeah, we put I mean a the lot amount of money in that place. That place yeah, was yeah. that studio was beautiful. It was gorgeous, but you know. And you just walked away. You just that that, that <laughs> still amazes me that they said, "Hey, we're going to hike up your rent," and you said, "Screw you." We're done. I'm done. <laughs> just, go. just leave it all. Leave all the granite and the refrigerators and the wine yeah. coolers and the. Yeah, we did the TVs. The we TVs. Yeah, going. it just was. Leave uh, it all behind. Uh, yeah, it was nicer than my house. No, oh, here we go. <laughs> nice. So we move across the the parking lot here, mm-hmm. and then what is it? About a month ago now. Yeah, it was. I get calls April. from Cassie. And she says, "Yeah, so yeah, it was a couple months ago now." Mm-hmm. She says, um, <clears throat> we have to move. And I said, we just got there. <laughs> why do we have to wait? We were there about one year. I said, why do we have to move? Well, you know the uh, <laughs> guy you were writing the checks to for the rent? Well, he didn't pass them along to the building. I said, what? <laughs> oh, my God. The entire yeah. fifth floor. Yep. He collected rent and never paid off oh the owner of the building. Oh my gosh! So everybody had to move out like right away too. It was we like had in a week, four days. Yeah, oh, that's crazy. Four days a, to get out. Yeah. It was a Friday, and then we had to be out the following Thursday. <laughs> so. So, so, so what happened to this guy that took your, your checks? We don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Just disappeared. Uh, I have no idea what he's up to, but that was a bizarre. He's not getting deal. a letter from your attorney. Nah. I <laughs> I found out one thing in general, not always, not always, but in general, you end up with a worse deal if you hire an attorney. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you lose twice I, as much. Yeah, I lost and I have to pay you. Okay, well, that's, that's good. Now, there are some great attorneys out there, but not a lot of yeah. them. Yeah, but, it. Um, like he, any other job. He's going to answer to a lot of attorneys because that's yeah. all that was on that floor. Were, yep. uh, yeah. Right. You messed attorneys. with the wrong Well, floor. they were all attorneys. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a really good idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, screwing a podcast, that's nothing but screwing yeah. attorneys. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> not, you're not making clear decisions here, mm-hmm. Buster. I'm just so, telling you. So, Lewis Lee said something really funny tonight because uh, we, we all the we went out to the Guthrie for dinner. Oh, and he, he, yeah. And he's, uh, uh, he, he took us all out. Very, very generous. 
and, and he's pointing out the bar that's got that that overhang that goes like over the river. Right. Yeah. And he goes, "You see that?" He goes, uh, "You can see 35 West, the bridge that collapsed from there." Ah! <laughs> and he said, "So, so there you can sit in a 300 million dollar building, sipping a cocktail, and say, oh, the city just isn't spending enough on infrastructure.'" <laughs> 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 That's very funny. That is very funny. Well, you know, we just I was talking. You know, uh, Dustin Ibarra was just in here. I was talking to him about Los Angeles and the homeless problem. They're building the tents, you know, right on the right on the mm-hmm. sidewalks, and you know, they're cracking one off in the street and throwing garbage everywhere and all the rest of it. I checked in the last couple of years. They were given six hundred and nineteen million dollars to take care of this, and this is how they ended up. They bought, they bought tents. <laughs> they, went tents to, they went to Target, spent a couple hundred bucks on tents, and put the rest in their pocket. Hello. <laughs> Sir, i got to ask you this, because I've asked him before. How do you deal, because I tend to be pretty much a centrist, like I like Democrats and I like mm-hmm. Republicans, and I'm in the center. The far left, far right, i got no time for them. They're just, mm-hmm. they're, it's too severe. Does it make it harder now because people are so opinionated? I mean, what harder? harder? Do, everything? Just yes. harder to do comedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yes, everything's harder now. Yeah. That's very um, true. I, I believe that, um, I, I don't know. I think right now, like, it, for instance, like Trump jokes, I think that they're yeah. just, it's too hard to make fun of something so absurd. It's it it's it, or and it's just so ubiquitous. It's hard to be original. Yeah, though, yeah, yeah. But then it, also, stale. it's like Trump jokes are toxic in a comedy club because yeah, I could see that people are now afraid. That it, now it's been revealed who's who in the audience. So if you laugh at it, oh yeah, yeah, people are like, what? You know, <laughs> or vice versa. That's all you need. And it's like, like pull a com- out a drum and start banging in right. their face. Trump supporter. Well, it's like a comedian's coming out and going, you know, who'd you vote for? Who'd you vote for? Okay, and then the comedian runs away. Fight! <laughs> like, so it's that kind of sense. uncomfortable in that way. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm speaking as a type of comedian who does not enjoy... Um, upsetting my audience. Well, like there good. are comedians who actually yeah. find pleasure in making their audience groan or be uncomfortable or whatever. The yeah, shock, I, yeah, you know, value. I, I do. I'm not like that. So I, 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 I did. That's why 40 years later, you, nobody knows me. Oh, here we go. Here <laughs> what? We because go. you cared about making people wait. Uh, no, no, because I, I that, that was a thrill for me walking. Oh across. yeah, I set the, I set the record at Acme for walking the audience. Oh my wow. god! It's uh, yeah, I did a show once. There were two hundred and seventy people in there, and there were only uh, when I started, and there was twenty seven left. You walked them all. I walked them all, and yeah. that made you feel. I, I see a look of pride on your face. <laughs> I, I know. Excited about I know. It. Well, 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 now in my my older age and my calmer years, I'm saying that was stupid. <laughs> Yeah, I have to ask yeah. you a question about this. Mm. So did you ever think, because I never did, I never thought in my life that I would hear what I heard yesterday from the president and the Speaker of the House. First of all, I asked the president about the Speaker of the House, and he said she should be institutionalized, like in a mental institution. <laughs> and at the same time, they asked the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, about the president. She said, I don't want to impeach him. I'd like to see him in prison. I mean... You're talking about the leaders of the country right in front of the people, and this is how you two ended up? Is that, that's it? I mean, good God, think about that. 
how severe that uh, you should be in a mental institution. Yeah, well, you should be in a prison. <laughs> like, really? A nice leadership, you know. I probably. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, well, your mama's so fat. That's a pretty yo mama joke. We end up with yo mama joke. They're like a bunch of toddlers running around. Ugh. By the way, nobody will ever beat Chris Rocks, your mama's. Armpits are so hairy, looks like she got buckwheat in the head. Yeah. That is one of the best Yo Mama jokes of all time. I don't think anybody will ever beat it. I think we need to bring back Yo Mama jokes. I loved Yo Mama jokes. Mm-hmm. Yo Mama do- You had to be very careful growing up, though. Yeah. You had to be very careful with that. You do Yo Mama jokes? What? I'm like, no, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. We won't be talking about it. That was fun, though. I, you know. But I. Uh, just the, 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 do you think that people want to be miserable right now? Because everybody you see on TV is just miserable. They're, I'm so upset. I'm so angry. And I'm like, Why do you want to be that upset? You know what I mean? Are you talking about what, on cable news? Yeah, <laughs> I'm talking about people in the street, cable news. Um, you know, somebody does a speech, so you got to go after it and tell them mm-hmm. you wish you were dead. And they're like, Calm even the down. late night TV hosts are all just unhappy. All yeah, the time. they're really unhappy. When they're telling jokes, they're simultaneously unhappy, which is like, interesting. Uh, well, Sarah was telling some secrets. The the writers for those mm-hmm. shows are even unhappier. Yeah, I can mm-hmm. imagine. Yeah, just, just only so many monologue jokes you can write about Donald Trump before yeah. you want to die. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's kind of why it's kind of why I never really did a lot of sex jokes because even the Kama Sutra only has like 180 positions. Yeah, see, yeah, you yeah. know that's that's pretty much it. It's you know, it's it's, it's kind of the same with Trump. It's a, it's okay. He's orange. He's got a comb over. He's fat. Yeah, uh, there's only yeah, really. And, and it's so <laughs> I think it's depressing. Day after day of all just what's happening, I think people, a lot of people are depressed. And I think, to me, is sometimes the so what's happening on social media um, makes everyone think that's what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I found, and also things get twisted. So, like, when people go, the left is outraged over something <laughs> stupid, when you go and look at it, it's, like it's two comedians making a joke. Yeah. They're not outraged. Yeah. They're making fun of it. Right, they're right, not, right. You're looking at somebody's all caps tweet, and you're thinking that you're imagining them back behind their computer screaming and crying yeah. and... And, and in fact, they're just like eating a salad, watching TV, and they're like, mmm, mmm, they yeah, type it off. Right. They're not actually outraged necessarily. They're upset or disturbed. You know, they're concerned sometimes. Yeah. But I don't think, yeah. and sometimes calling out and critique is confused with outrage. So I think, yeah. and it's both sides. You know, everybody's outraged about something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the the outrage thing is overblown. I think, you know, but I at hope. the same time, people are very mad because there are things happening that are upsetting them in our government. So. We shall take a very quick break. Be right back. Crash and burn. Eight. Acme. Tonight, two shows. Tomorrow night, two shows. It's all you do is work, Tim. It's all you do is work, man. One week a year. <laughs> oh, God. We'll be back. <laughs> It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie-cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me too? No. <laughs> <laughs> God. 
Thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we right love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. You I still are. never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't like <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. I love the fact that Brandon was just pointed out that actually may had a good point. Finally, after all these years, you have a good point. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true at all. We're talking about the state of the United States and the world and comedy and acting and all the rest. It's, it's pretty amazing. The whole thing is, I don't know. You sit back and watch it. It's And all I do on the radio is basically just sit there and go, Really? So that's how you want it, huh? <laughs> that's how both of you guys want it, huh? Here, that's, that's how it is. It's all or nothing now. Is that where we are now is all or nothing? You do it my way or I hate you. Yeah, sure seems that way, it. doesn't it? I don't get that. It's, uh, there's like no, that? there's no, there's no, there's no nuance in politics anymore. Mm-hmm. It's either, if you, you, you know, one way or the other, or that's, you know, that's it. Pick a side. Pick a side. We're, no, you know, you've got to pick a side. Pick a side. We're arming up. You know, it's almost like that. See, I got lucky, Sarah, and then Tim knows about mm-hmm. this, but I was raised by my mother. Mm-hmm. Got three, uh, three people older than me, three younger than me, seven kids raised by my mother. And as far as beliefs, systems, and all the rest of it, I learned a great lesson because my mother was a big-time Roman Catholic. She loved being Catholic. She loved JFK because he was Catholic, all that deal, right? <clears throat> so she's dying, and I hold her hand, and she goes, Tommy, I, I don't know if I want to die. Aww. And I said, oh, Mom, look, you know, your whole life you had this wonderful belief in, in Jesus, and, and you're, you, know, you really love the Virgin Mary, so you know, you'll get to see the Virgin Mary. And she goes... <laughs> Yeah, don't give me that. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Mom, you're not supposed to say don't give me that. Like, what? (laughs) So, I mean, my whole life I had heard about how, you know, you got to to be the Christian values. And she was not very political, though. The Virgin Mary is watching, so don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, that's exactly right. So basically, she used the Virgin Mary as a tool <laughs> to keep her kids in line. You know. Like Santa Claus. Kind of like Santa Claus yes. behavior. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's Only creepier because Santa Claus didn't appear in robes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is very, very true. Oh, God, it was unbelievable. That, it, seriously, that whole... Did you grow up in a religious family, either one of you? Yeah. You did? Yeah, Southern Baptist. Southern, oh, yeah, that's serious. My mm-hmm. father was a Southern Baptist, yeah, actually. Yeah, pretty hardcore. 
That was amazing. A Southern Baptist and a, a Catholic in the same house. <laughs> Gee, how'd that marriage not work? <laughs> how did that ever happen? Well, the Baptists didn't convert. That's the problem. Well, <laughs> that, you know, that, yes. they're supposed to. I understand. <laughs> and he wasn't doing that. Believe me, he was not. There was none of that. I'm Baptist, and that's just the way it is. You know, I... I I don't know how religion is doing these days. Is it doing anything? Is anybody religious anymore? Oh, well, yeah. oh yeah. Are they really still? Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, I they're the. Yeah. Ever been to a mega church? <laughs> I'm very disillusioned with it, but what's a mega church? It's it, it's what it sounds like. Oh, you yeah. mean like old Joel Olstein? Those yes. people. Yeah. That's a mega church. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, but there's a, there's a, there's a bunch of minor mega mega churches, mm-hmm. mega churches. <laughs> <laughs> That you, that, that, you, that, you re, that you really don't hear about. And uh, my, my sister belonged to one, and she got his tickets tickets for Christmas. And uh, and you go in there, and there's a rock band, and there's yeah. dancing, oh, yeah. and there's yeah, a I've play. Heard about that. Mm-hmm. And, it's, uh, mm-hmm. and, and then somebody who went, somebody who was in the play was actually a friend of mine. I didn't know she went to the church. And I was talking to her. I go, this is, this is pretty cool. This is, you know, if this is church. She goes, oh, no, 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 this is... This is what we show you so you come back on Wednesday. Oh, okay. So it's the head fake. Uh-huh, yeah. It's the, uh, uh, it's the call now, only 1995. It's the, yeah. It's the, it's the ad in front. It's not the... Uh, it's not the actual subscription. Well, that Peter Popoff guy. Did you ever see him? <laughs> I was just thinking of it. Oh, yeah. You, ever, you know who that guy is? Which one is that one? He, he and his wife ran some to the church of, well, what did... This is like a TBN thing, or like I think so. Yeah. I think it is, yeah. But but it was kind of like the uh, uh, Flip Wilson, the Church of What's Happening Now, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> but what what happened? Then they caught him doing it, so he changed it up. Now he sells miracle water. Yeah. It's water that if you pour it on. Oh you know, yeah, I've seen the miracle water. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy. It's uh, you know, it's, it, I think I think the city of Lourdes should actually sue him for trademark <laughs> violation. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, we got hey, hey, we're the original miracle water. <laughs> but what he was doing is his wife would go out in the audience, like in commercial break, because of a television show. He'd go to the audience, just talk to people, you know, how are you doing, what's your name, where are you from, do you have any problems, or anything? You know, have conversations with them. What they didn't know was that she had a little microphone Right under, right under here in her blouse, oh, man. and he had an earpiece that you couldn't see, so he heard all these conversations. Mm-hmm. So they'd come back from break, the commercial break, and go, "I'm getting Jesus is telling me there's somebody in the audience. I think her name is Louise. Is there a Louise out there? Mm-hmm. And your left hip, Jesus is telling me your left hip hurts because he heard her talking about her left <laughs> hip hurting. Oh, oh man, oh, my. they they caught the guy doing it. Oh man, how cold is that? <laughs> What kind of it's, name is Peter Popoff? Detachable penis. Religious advice from a guy named Peter Popoff. Well, well it's true. kind of it's kind of a joke. It's like, oh man, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this fake religion thing, <laughs> and I'm even gonna have have a stupid name that's, that's, a, that's a reference to a penis, yeah. and uh, they'll still buy it. They won't even notice penis, that. Peter Popoff. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> My yeah. mom was really into the uh, uh, the mystery of Lords and uh, uh, Catholic and, and all the oh yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah eight big, years Catholic school all right me too and, uh, and and I said mom you know if if what they say about Lords is true there should be a huge stack of walkers and crutches and polio braces yeah. just piled up there alongside of the fountain 
She goes, well, I'm sure they cleaned them off. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they do that? Just what a great, what a great photo! These are all the, these be. are all the uh, uh, appliances that people needed walking here, and they walked out fine. I was trying to think of the great joke about the faith healer. I cannot remember whose joke it is because it's really an old joke. But I'm sorry, I don't remember. But a guy who stuttered and a guy on crutches. They're at the faith healer. Tells him to go behind the screen. He goes, first of all, we're gonna. Billy, with the crutches, we're gonna we're gonna talk, ask Jesus to take away your crutches. So, throw your left crutch over the screen. So he throws it over the screen. And a couple of seconds later, he goes, "Now throw your right crutch over the screen." The right crutch come flying over the screen. All of a sudden, you hear this big thud, and then you hear, "Billy fell down." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How cold! Is that? Like, mm-hmm. my God, really? Mm-hmm. So I, I guess the guy wasn't very good at the job. You know what I mean? So what's it like growing up a Southern Baptist house? Um, well, it was a little weird because my siblings and I were the ones that were into it, oh, and my okay. parents would drop us off at church. Oh, so they weren't into it. They were Christian, and they they were the ones that introduced us to this church. Oh, okay. Christmas right. Easter. Yeah, the yeah. CEOs. The CEOs, absolutely. Uh, Christmas Easter ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, around 12 years old, my parents like had a big um, revelation and came to God. And then oh, they did. were very, they, my mom especially, was extremely um, strong in her faith. And um, I was really into it. I was like fully invested in, you mm-hmm. know. Christianity, and um, then I went to college. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> That's why, you know, it's like I, I understand why super, uh, like, evangelical fundamentalist Christians are, the, if you follow some of the more prominent, like, commentators or pundits yeah. um, in that yeah. crowd, they are super anti-college and university because they believe that those places um, will undo the religion of their children and then it's not wrong it's just they're not wrong in that when you get to college you are right. tested and you're you explore different ideas um but my thing is always like how brittle is your faith if you're afraid that for your kid right. to go off to college you know i still i still believe in the ideas um i don't know if i believe in literal jesus I like i believe he existed but i don't know if I believe that, like, you know, he raised from the dead and all that stuff. I don't think it's the mind <laughs> expansion of college as much as it just is the liquor and sex. Yeah, that might have something to do with it. <laughs> well, I kept it pretty clean for a while. Oh, wow. You know, oh, like, she goes for a walk. Until, like, October. September, I was there, then October. No, I, I made it all the way to junior year before drinking or having sex. Did you? Wow. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, I, don't, I, I was just talking about this. Last, I, 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 because I grew up in a very poor family, I was a virgin until I was 21 years old. Yeah, I me realized, too. Yeah, I just realized if I have a kid now, I'm screwed. I'm never getting <laughs> out of here if I have a kid now, so I just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I didn't, it wasn't really a religious thing. It was like an economic thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Me, but, or, me, for me, it was a fear thing. I was like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. seems gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, well, how did you get the idea that how was, in your mind, how was sex looking? What, before I had it? Yeah. Oh, horrible. I mean, I remember I mean, freshman year, um, the uh, I became friends with all these girls on my freshman hall who were from all different walks of life, and they opened my mind to a lot of things. And um, 
one of them came in. We were all hanging out in one of the rooms, and one of them came in. She goes, ooh-wee. <laughs> She's really Southern. She goes, oh, I just went into Emily's room, and it smells like sex. <laughs> and I, like, I distinctly remember, like, moseying down to Emily's room because I didn't know what it smelled like. Yeah, right. And I wanted to know, so just, like, popped in, like, hey, because her boyfriend was in town. That was, like, uh-huh. you know, and I remember smelling the room and going, oh, no. <laughs> this is not uh, I'm me. never having sex. This Wait, is gross. You're, 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 you, you, uh, uh, Sarah talks about this in the show. She's got, mm-hmm. she's got, uh, she can smell stuff that other people can't. Oh, she's really? Really, really sensitive sense of smell. Yeah, she's probably My having a hard like time that. sitting next to me right now. Andy's <laughs> <laughs> mother's like that. My wife has a really good sense of smell. Yeah, it's, it's a it's kind amazing. of a curse because you're just like, yeah. I, I'd be in a bar, and I will be like, "There's a moldy orange yep. in the in the bartender <laughs> yeah. thing," and I can't, I can't. That's my least favorite that's smell the... is moldy citrus. So I was like, "I gotta get out of here," you know. But I'll like sniff around, you know. Somebody's like, "Something smells." I'm like, "I'll find it." Are you gonna record a, uh, a new hour soon? Because you gotta go with the title of the album's gotta be moldy citrus. Great. Hey, have you heard moldy citrus? <laughs> it's really good. Uh, yeah, that's not good. You can see, you can pick that. You know what's in there. Yeah, like we had a. There was a moldy citrus smell in our my apartment one time, and I was freaking out because I couldn't find it. And I was like, "There's something in the kitchen." And I'm like, is it the garbage? And I'm like, I know it's coming. Finally, I found it. it was like under the trash can, just the tiniest piece of peel. And you could still smell it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Why and do I'm, you think that is? It's just a, it's genetic thing? Genetic, yeah. God, that's too, well, in some <laughs> ways it's really good. Yeah. Because, you know. I the, taste things very specific. But it yeah. also makes you a little bit of pickier eater. I could see that. Because you're, you know. You're like more like a child's taste buds, where you're like, mm, that's bitter. I don't, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, as you get older, that'll all go away. Yeah, it is starting. It's anything. not as good as it used to be. Yeah. You know, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, it all goes to tell you the truth. It's not a pleasant thing at all. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just not. So, were you disappointed when you finally did decide to have sex? No, I. Good. I, I, we'll say um, that's good. Was in love with the person, and good. I ended up marrying that person. Well, that's good. But then we got divorced. But still, it was. Um, <laughs> but so, it was so it was good at first. So you you married you <laughs> married the the only person you had sex with. I did, and wow. then when we broke up, I was like, "What do other penises look like? Let's do it." <laughs> you were ready. I was ready to look yeah. at all the other ones. Were, now. were you scared when you saw your first anteater? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I if know. I've ever but, seen that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> I'm imagining. <laughs> Honestly, we we used to have a guy on that. He had, now it's gotten. I think to tell you the truth, that that uh, it was called Mr. Skin, and it was not a pornographic. Mm-hmm. Site. I know what Mr. Skin is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it used to be back in the day. It was just like nudity from movies. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. because he have, we haven't had him on in a long time now, but nice enough guy. But it's gotten to the point now where if he sends you emails, it's like followed by 5,000 women saying, hey, I lost your number. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, sure, sure. you did. <laughs> but anyway, talking about anteaters. So I am checking through this all. So I'm like, oh, God, Mr. Skin, I wonder if he wants to come on. So I hit it. It looked like 
like a national Hebrew sausage. <laughs> I mean, it was like, like what do you do with that? It's That's too not much. good. No, it's too much. It's just. Not I wouldn't good. like that. No, I understand. <laughs> would not be. That would not be pleasant. I, and I just. Is that even real? I wonder. I don't even know. Is that that's got to be? There was one guy one time that I did things with. That uh, I did things with. And I was like, "This is too much. Like, I can't handle this, and I feel sorry for you." Like, I actually did feel sorry. It was too big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just like you know, like a a police baton. Like, <laughs> 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 It was just so. I was like, I oh, she's doing don't know what on to camera. do. She's doing. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> it was too much, and he was really weird. Oh, he's weird anyway. So I was like, I, you know, you go into some guy's room and you're like, you you analyze the room, yeah, and you're like, uh oh, <laughs> like single bed, uh, everything is folded. Like Marie Kondo style, perfect. This is years oh, before yeah. Marie Kondo uh, was a thing, but like, just everything was folded really perfectly. It was like I was like, "Are you in the military? Like, what is this?" Norman Bates. Um, but he, he was just very weird. And, yeah. Uh, but then, I, but and I remember telling because we had both just recently been divorced, and we were both newly, you know, single. I had gone a little further than him at that point with other people, and he. I think I might have been like his second, mm-hmm. you know, or okay. and it's almost like a second first because it's like your first time with not with that person, right? Um, and I remember telling him I was like, "You have like a you got something going for you right there between your legs." Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, they're, 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 I was like, "I don't know if you know." I, I, I was like, "You have a huge cock." People will pay for that challenge. <laughs> now that wasn't very Southern Baptist. Though. No, it wasn't. <laughs> we'll take a quick break. Be right back with more. I was going to say cock talk, but we probably can't. <laughs> well, I forgot to ask if I could curse. You yeah. got it. <laughs> we'll be right back. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. I'm talking to Neil Sheehy, ex-NHL defenseman. Neil, you've had a great success following the Nutramost Wellness Plan. How much weight did you lose, and what makes Nutramost different from all those other programs out there? Tom, I dropped over 63 pounds in 44 days. But more importantly, I know how to keep it off. In addition to my success, I have two brothers and two sisters who had great success on the Nutramost Wellness Program. And collectively, we all lost a total of 222 pounds on the program. My brother and I were so impressed that we decided to open up a clinic in Plymouth. Find out how and why Nutramost is unlike any other weight loss plan by attending the Nutramost free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, June 24th at Jake's in Plymouth. Nutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Register for the Nutramost dinner or schedule your immediate consultation. Call 763-333-7337. That is 763-333-7337. Well, I'm upper, upper class, high 
Society. Oh, you upper, upper class, are you, Cassie? Well, you know what this song is, don't you? Yeah. I like big balls. Yes, yeah. I am. Uh, it's, it's a family hour. <laughs> well, <laughs> we don't really have a song about, do they? I don't even know about a certain appendage of a male. I've got big balls. Not I like big balls. I've got big balls. <laughs> Sorry, I went, the, I went the wrong path in that one. Well, there's the detachable penis song. Yeah, I know. I don't think they have that on Amazon Music. I'd have to look. Oh, they don't? You guys played that on KQ the other day. Yeah. And they were talking about that song, Peter Popoff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It all works Peter out. Peter Popoff. That well, is phenomenal. It's quite the name, isn't it? I can't believe. But now he gives away miracle water. <laughs> I can't believe with the ego of rock musicians that there isn't a song about how large I, I am. I know. There, there's big twelve oh, inch, be. but there's got to be yeah, other than big that. Big twelve inch record, yeah. Big twelve inch record. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. But there's yeah, there's not. You're right. Because because what guys there's don't like mentions of it in like a bunch of rap songs. Mm-hmm. But On rap songs, yeah. There's usually not a. I'm, I don't know if there's a song. That the whole song is just like I got a big old. <laughs> I know with, yeah. with with the ego and the fact that they're guys and the fact that they're eternal adolescents. How 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 could there not be <laughs> hundreds? <laughs> well, of you're songs? right about that. That's a very good point, actually. Honestly, if someone did make a song like that, I'd be like, well, that's the first sign that it's not that big. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. you're compensating yeah, for something. Yeah. I think that's probably true. Sorry, you're single now. No, I'm in a. I'm I'm locked down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, the reason I was going to ask you that is, yeah. it, is it harder to date now? It's... Um, I date. I was single for like, I don't know, almost two years, a year and a oh, half yeah, okay. between the divorce and my new boyfriend, who I've had for nine years now. Oh, okay. Um, so obviously I love being in long-term relationships. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, that time was, it was like really fun at first and then it got really sad and lonely and like, you know, just because I just didn't know what I was doing. And then when oh, in the marriage you're talking about? No, like being single. I was oh, like being single. in my thirties okay. and like learning lessons you learn when you're like 19. And, um, and then I met my current boyfriend and, um, I was really like, no, not yet. Like, <laughs> uh, I need some more time, and then I was like, "Oh, yeah. you're just you're just good," and I really like being around you. So, oh well, I'll go with it, you know. So, what does he do? He's a director. He was a stand-up when I met him. Oh, he was. A um, okay, so that's where he you actually go. performed at Acme one time. Huh. Um, he opened for Rory Scovel. Um, but yeah, um, he's quit doing stand-up. Um, because we realized I was funnier, so. <laughs> <laughs> we realized it, didn't we? Yes, no, we he, realized. He just was, he's always been very, like, he's, when he first started, you know, and he didn't even, he, when he first started going after high school to go to school and classes and stuff, he was really into art. So he's a very visual artist, and so he combined those two things, love of comedy and, yeah. and that, and has now made it into a thing. For himself, so that's good. Career, He's doing yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, it's it's it never really seems to work when there's two stand-ups in a in a relationship because there's Bad, always because there's such a, in, in my opinion it's because there's such there's such jealousy between us all that you know this is getting mm. this one's yeah. getting a spot I'm not getting yeah, that's this true. one's this one's you know doing better this one can get booked there I can't mm. so there's all that in between just comics and to actually bring it into the household where there's always yeah. going to be one that's a little more successful than the other sometimes way more successful yeah. than the other yeah it's it's, it, it just uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, when we when we first met, 
there wasn't really that much of that just because I was a little further established than him. Not too much, but just enough to be like, okay, I'm over here already. Right. And you know that, and you're not threatened by it, right? <laughs> um, but uh, the one thing that was stressful when we were both doing stand-up was I would uh, hate it when he would test jokes on me. Because mm. uh, I would go, I don't know. You need to test this in front of an audience. like Because yeah. I'm going to tell you no every time. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I hate it when yeah. anyone, anyone tests jokes yeah. on me, much less you know, someone I'm like sleeping with. That's what we agree we're doing right now. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and then other times I would I would just get so furious because I would be like, because I'm a logic queen, I guess. I, like, love when jokes are logically sound. And if they aren't, it drives me crazy. So I'd be like, no, you need, you're not setting it up properly. You have to say, you have to explain, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. and, and Took so, that well, I bet. Yeah, no. And I would, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah no. and it was too stressful for me to watch him perform. Like, if it wasn't yeah. going well, I would be, like, just torn up inside so I just you know so how, do you, how do you think it went honey you have to quit well it's like he started a little later than his peers and uh, so he was feeling like he wasn't getting ahead and enough and was interested in doing this other stuff and so it just made more sense for him to do that and now he's you know, God, you making just a TV me. show. You reminded me of a thing. Many, many. Did you ever know Mickey Finns? Were you around in, in Minnesota during the no, Mickey Finn days? No, I was not. It was how stand-up kind of broke in the Twin Cities. Mickey Finn, like Louis Anderson right, and right, all no. those people. <clears throat> you know, it's kind of where they broke first. And I, I was there one time, and this was a long time ago. And this guy came out wearing a construction helmet. And I figured, if you need props, this is not going to be that great. If you have to, if you're like a prop comic, maybe some people do find that hilarious. I don't get that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So he came Tell out. Tell that sorry. to Carrot Top. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> never seen Carrot Top. What, didn't he become like a power lifter or something? He yeah. Got all muscular. Yeah. He's ripped. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. I heard yeah. that. Yeah, and he's got a Vegas residency. Yeah. And yeah. So God bless him. Right? Doing good. God mm -hmm. bless him. But yep. I'm there, and this guy comes on a construction helmet. And he starts telling jokes, and nobody laughed. And I was like, oh, and you know how you feel. Mm. It's like, oh, God. It hurts. Somebody please laugh for this man, would you? <laughs> <laughs> pity laugh. Pity, pity, pity laugh. Pity laugh, would you? <laughs> and he, he, we got about, I guess, five minutes in, and he dropped his He grabbed the mic like this, and he dropped his head, and he went, please laugh. Like, oh. oh my god <laughs> that hit them both really hard it's like oh. when Jeb Bush yeah. was like clap yeah. please clap please clap <laughs> same story oh my god it was it's, so sad it's one of the deterrents of stand up I think is like when I first I started in New York and when I got the guts up to go to an open mic it was so bad it almost made me not yeah. Because I didn't want to be around that misery. It wasn't that I thought, oh, I can't do this, or I'm, you know, it was like, this is the saddest place on earth. Why would I want to come here every night? Like, um, but I, man I managed to have, like, a good first show in New York. And well, then, that's, that's very and good. And then that, you know, 
that then that sets you off. You get bit by the bug, and then you're ready to get rolling. Ready to yeah. spend but, every night in the saddest place. Right, on right. Earth. And then you're ready to, <laughs> to deal with it. Yeah, because oh you remember God. that feeling. You well, know. I've often I've often thought that comedy is closer to an addiction than than, than anything yeah. else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is because true. you look at the you look at addicts and you look at comics mm-hmm. and they, they, they're a lot of similarities. Poverty, broken relationships, <laughs> living in a dumpy Unable apartment to get out with of three bed. other three other addicts. Sarah hasn't yeah. mentioned the dumpy apartment yet. She hasn't <laughs> <laughs> got the dumpy apartment yet. Driving long distances in the middle of the oh, night God. for a little fix. Yeah. <laughs> Was it John Biner used to talk about driving through the South from town to town, and you hit the radio, and it's a birdie. Every station is a country station. And if you listen to a guy talking to a booker on the phone, a lot of times it'll sound exactly like someone talking to his dealer. You're like, oh, "Oh, you got anything for me? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, oh, just a, yeah. I just need a little. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah mm-hmm. I just uh, just like just, fu- just like five. Can I just do like that's five? Phenomenal. That's phenomenal. That's hilarious. Does it? Because you see people. Well, you know the Cesario story. First time he met Rodney Dangerfield. Did you ever hear that? So Cesario, you guys know, you know, sorry, you know Jeff Cesario. Mm-mm. Jeff is a really, really great writer. Who's he working with now? I just saw him on TV, but he's a very funny guy and he's the nicest man on earth. Mm-hmm. Nice young Italian boy, right? So <laughs> he's walking down the street with Jerry Seinfeld in New York, and here comes Rodney Dangerfield the other way. You know this story? No, no. Oh my God, it's phenomenal. <laughs> and Cesario tells it way over the top, really good. So Seinfeld and Cesario walking on the street, and here comes Rodney Dangerfield. And Jerry goes, hey, Rodney, I want to introduce you to a nice uh, new uh, young comedian. He just got into town, and I'm glad we ran into you. I want you to meet Jeff Cesario. And there was a long pause, and Rodney Dangerfield goes, Cesario, huh? Stick to the tumbling. <laughs> <laughs> You're Italian. You're not funny. That's really nice. Isn't it? That's really really nice, Rodney. That was a good, Rodney. Oh well, thank you. Yeah. There's a reason for that. I think it's gonna that whole. I, hey, look, I, I I've been a fan of comedy since I was like seven years old. I I, I just saw it. I it must have been Ed Sullivan or I don't know something. But it just amazed me that people could walk out and hold everyone. Somebody just did something because Sarah's covering her nose with her shirts, so therefore that. Oh no, that. <laughs> no, it's so. But you're kind of on point. It's the opposite. I love the way this smells. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. It, I have a little bit of like this spray that smells good, and I'm just didn't realize I was even doing it. <laughs> so, no, nothing smells bad in here. But it's... <laughs> Uh, I don't believe her. I changed my underwear this morning, so I hope it's not me. My wife is just like that. My God, she smells things from miles away. It's unbelievable. Yeah, this is good. It's good because you have really great sense memory of like, Mm -hmm. you know, smell something and I'll just be back where somewhere or a certain time and place in my life. It brings me a lot of pleasure in that way. So it balances out. It's good. You you talk about it in your act. Yeah, I just started working this week on a joke about it's part of I I trying I'm I'm just figuring it out now, but there's this thing called being a highly sensitive person, <laughs> which I definitely am. I mean, like I read the did the quiz and it, but it's like a genetic thing. It's a personality trait. It's like 20% of people are this. Yeah. Um, which is you it's a it's not that my nose is different than your nose. It's my brain processes it 
more in a different way. Right. And so people who are like sensitive to sound and taste and, and this also makes you emotionally sensitive where you're like in tune with other people's, you know, um, emotions to the point where you're like constantly worried about. So you worry about that all the time. You're worried about being a bad person. Oh, that that being worrying about being a bad person is my number one worry. Why would you worry about being a bad person? I've known you for oh, how long years. She was raised Baptist. Hello. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot there. You'll have to read the book when it comes out. Yes, I want to read the book. It's going to be called. What is it? Broaded citrus? <laughs> Moldy citrus. Moldy citrus. <laughs> I do have a memoir coming out, and the title isn't final, so maybe oh, we do need to have a conversation. <laughs> we'll have you on it. And now back with the uh, the debut of Moldy Citrus. Not since E Pray Love. <laughs> <laughs> Moldy citrus. Moldy citrus. One woman's journey. <laughs> I like it. One like woman's it journey to the peeling behind the trash yeah. can. <laughs> One woman's journey to what's that smell? Unbelievable. Are you having fun? You, you've been doing this for eight years now. You must still be having a ball. Oh, the crash and burn? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's just it's just more fun every year. I think I I, 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 I hate to, I, you know, discount all the previous years, but this year it just, it's been a blast. That's what it's I've been, been hearing from everybody. Oh, my gosh. It's just been just uh, I, I, phenomenal is, is, is the... One, I, I hate that word. I don't know why. So. Phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal. It's, it's not phenomenal because they're, 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 they're three very talented people that I'm working with. And it just, uh, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, well, it's a shame. <laughs> Two and a half. No, I was referring to myself. Three talented people and Chad. And Chad. That's the name of the show next year. Three talented people and Chad Daniels. I love that. But it's just fantastic, and you know, it it it, it took a few years to catch on, but it's like the the, the, the comedy community knows about the show. They come out for the show. It's uh, uh, which which is great. Which is you know, I'm just really proud of that they that they. Yeah. That, Finally, you know, it's 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 I have something here that's that's my own, and it's uh, uh, and the comics all love it. it, it it's well. I've never well. <laughs> <laughs> love is a strong word. <laughs> no, no, it's it, it's it's nothing but compliments from the comics. It, this is just a really fun, you know, a fun way to, to you know to spend a week of comedy. Rather How did than, it happen? Um, Crash and burn. Because it wasn't Crash and Burn 1, it was just Crash and Burn. Yeah, it was just Crash and Burn, because we yeah. didn't know if there would be Crash and Burn 2. Right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was there for it all, man. I, it was uh, uh, Louis Lee's 20-year anniversary at Acme. Mm-hmm. It was just so neat to hang with all these. With, with the, he, uh, he booked 20 comics, 20 headliners. So it was just so neat to spend a week hanging with 20 headliners, because you, you normally don't. And you, yeah. you, you, the only place you do that is at a festival. And there it gets really nasty and competitive. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, if I would have done something like that, I would have had a good set, too. You know, just, get, yeah, that's that petty oh, God, crap. I hate that. And, and it was really nice. It was 20 headliners, and we were just all hanging. And it, it, and it was good. And I thought, how can I do this again? Oh yeah, okay. And, and, and I remember that that Lewis said when Robin Williams came into the club, how much Lewis enjoyed watching Robin Williams every night because he was he was putting together an HBO set, and he just loved watching Robin Williams every night come in with a with with a set and then see it progress the next night yeah. and the next night. And I said, Lewis, why don't we take like a handful of headliners and bring them back to the club, and and all of us work on like a twenty minute set, and he he, he loved the idea. We put it up that April. And, uh, and and that was eight years ago, and it's still it's still it's still one of his favorite weeks. You need to go see it tonight, tomorrow night, two shows each night, tonight and tomorrow night. And actually, you got in a way fortunate 
Because it's going to be 90 degrees today, and Minnesotans, even though it's nice and warm and sunny, they don't like 90-degree temperatures. Nope. So it's they, a good thing. Yeah, they, they switch from complaining about the cold to complaining about the heat. They do. <laughs> it's true. Honestly, I was like, well, if it's not 72, I don't really give it. Oh, God. Great to meet you, sir. Thank you. Great it's job. so good to meet y'all, too. Absolutely. Thanks for having Tim, us. Tim, always a great pleasure to see you. I Brandon, love it here. I love coming in. You know, smiling a lot, you know. <laughs> All right, have a great week. <laughs> Tonight, Crash and Burn. Tomorrow night, Crash and Burn at Acme.